0: For I love it here, leave me here, in his holy temple, beholding his beauty and the fragrance of his presence. For I love it here, so leave me here. For I love it here, so leave me here, cause I love it here. Greetings in Jesus' precious name. Welcome to our Wednesday night service, what a joy, what a blessing, what a privilege it is for each and every one of us to be gathered here, virtually and even physically on Zoom or YouTube or our church in Emmanuel or other physical locations around the world. We welcome each and every one of you one more time into the presence of the Lord to not just study scriptures along with us but now to be transformed together as a family into the image of God. That our characters, that our lifestyles, our habits, our conversations, our relationships, even our spending habits or our finances, every aspect of our life can now be transformed, can now be changed, can now be molded with scriptural truths. That is why we gather to study the word of God. It is not so that we can just go back with more information, but it is so that we can be changed into the image of the one who is the word of God. Jesus is not just our Lord and our master. He is our standard. He is the one we want to role model our lives after. He is the one that we want to imitate He is the one that we want to ultimately become. He is our destiny. And as a church, every time we gather to pray, like we do on Wednesday nights, every time we gather to seek His face, every time that we set apart other things and just draw near to the Lord, what happens is that there is a realignment and there is a shift of focus on the inside of us. And it is so vital that the church of Jesus in these last days, that you and I that are preparing for the second coming of the Lord, that we do everything possible to prioritize His presence. We do everything possible to prioritize the heart and the mind of God, going after it, pursuing it, seeing that heart and the mind of the Lord now being fulfilled now being manifested in our life. This evening time, wherever you are, can you just ask the Lord for grace, supernatural grace, a grace that is going to cause you to be elevated in the spirit realm. That elevation will now bring revelation. It will now bring understanding. It will now bring access and it will now help us to keep our eyes opened. I am so thankful for my spiritual parents who go beyond where I have ever been, who constantly keep their eyes opened and who are constantly warning us for and against things that have the potential to destroy us. I thank God for the warnings and the instructions that come in every season of life. I thank God for every revelation that is helping me in this season to be rooted in the voice, in the presence, in the heart and in the mind of God. I thank God for each and every opportunity, each and every invitation that is given to me to come near and to draw into the presence of the Lord and to know Him intimately. I am thankful for my church. I am thankful for my pastors. I am thankful for the community that the Lord has placed around me. And every time the Lord moves in an unprecedented manner, like he did in the last Sunday service, in a way that we did not expect the prophetic declarations that were released over the nations, the fresh anointing that was released over the dear men of God the songs the worship that we had last sunday everything was uniquely handcrafted by our king of kings he was intimately involved in the details of everything that we enjoyed and experienced from the table of our father i've learned not only to acknowledge it but now also to celebrate every time the word of the lord comes Every time the presence of the Lord moves, every time there is a prophetic word that is released, a prophecy that is released, a declaration that is released, I have learned to not just acknowledge it by saying an Amen, but to also celebrate it with everything on the inside of me. I hope that you're along with me on this journey. Tonight, we're going to continue to study the Word of God We are back in the book of Revelation. Let's go to chapter 7 and verse 2. Tonight, as we take time to read some of these scriptures and receive fresh encouragement for our days ahead, I pray that we will not just catch the revelation behind it. We will also catch the instructions, the spoken and the unspoken, the expressed, and the unexpressed instructions in the scripture. Those who have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Let's read verse 2 from Revelation chapter 7. It says that, I saw another angel coming up from the east, carrying the seal of the living God, and he shouted, to those four angels who had been given the power to harm land and sea. We see an angelic force, a force that is spiritual in nature, a force that is beyond what people can see or touch or feel, this angelic force that is now given power or ability to destroy or harm the land and the sea. What you need to pay attention to is the fact that these are angels that are ordained by the Lord, that God has empowered, that God has enabled, in fact, He has commissioned this destruction. The same God who commissioned the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. The same God who commissioned the destruction of the entire earth in the days of Noah. The same God who commissioned the destruction of the entire Israelite clan in the wilderness. The same God He has commissioned, He gave power to these angelic beings to do what? To harm land and the sea, both the land and the sea. It was supposed to be harmed, to be hurt, to now be subjected to a force, to a pressure, to changes that is now going to make the land and the sea unbearable for the inhabitants of the earth. That is what the Bible says, that there was specific power that was given for destruction. Now these are Signs of the end time. Signs of the last days. The Bible says that there is power given, authority given, dominion given for the sake of destruction. So you and I when we look at things around us that are destroying or damaging or negative news, sad news, wrong kind of news, plaguing the internet or our television screens. You and I, we do not have to be afraid because the Bible says that it has been ordained by the Lord. It has been ordered by the Lord that the land and the sea should be harmed. Had it been that we were not warned about it? Had it been that we were not prepared for it? Had it been that this caught us off guard? and we were completely unaware of who has ordained this, who has given the power to the world or to the enemy or to this harmful destructive forces on the earth. If we were clueless about all of it, then we have the right or the reason to be afraid and scared and even to panic. But as children of God, as those that live in the light when we know wait a minute this is what scripture says will happen this is what the lord said will happen in the last days that there will be the power that is given to these angelic forces forces that can now hurt my little earth that can hurt my town and my city you and i we have the faith and the trust and the foundation that cannot be shaken we can now be rooted in the voice of God in the presence of God and we can remain unshakable in the midst of an adverse circumstance in the midst of negative reports or wrong kind of things that are spread on social media we can trust in the Lord because he is still in control and unless he would give the power unless he would enable some angelic forces to do this it can never come to pass that is where our trust in the lord and in his power and in his goodness and in his sovereign final plan for the redemption of humanity we have to just keep that ever before our eyes And we have to continue to celebrate that. We have to continue to lift up the name of Jesus and be thankful for it every step of the way. The next verse that I want to read is from Revelation chapter 9 and verse 3. It says, Then locusts came from the smoke and descended on the earth. And they were given the power to sting like scorpions this is talking about a huge plague of locusts now locusts on a regular day is harmless for human beings they may harm the plants and consequently it can harm the food we eat or our economics but these locusts are a different kind of locust the bible says that they came from the smoke and they descended on the earth and they were given the power now to sting like scorpions these locusts are now going to be hurting people the previous one was just the land and the sea but here these locusts they are now going to be hurting people touching their lives touching their relationships touching everything that is physical and tangible for these human beings. The Bible says that these locusts, their origin is from the hell. Their origin is connected to a spirit. It is connected to this demonic force of killing, stealing, and destroying. And because it is connected to these forces, now they are going to consequently kill, steal, and destroy here on the earth. But the attention that I need you to pay is to this phrase that says, And they were given power. They were given power. Unless power be given to these guys, they will be absolutely useless. They will not be able to harm anybody. They will not be able to hurt anybody. They will not be able to change anything that goes on here on the earth unless they have the necessary power to hurt them and the Bible says that God has given them power. Every force that operates on the earth, every authority that operates on the earth, every ruler, every system, every organization that operates on the earth, they have their authority, they have their power because God has given it to them because God has enabled for them to function. God has allowed them to rule and to reign and to function, even sometimes in a very negative manner. In this particular case, these spirit beings, these locusts that have come from the bottom of the hell, they are going to hurt people. They are going to torment them. The obvious question in our minds would be how can a good god how can a loving god how can a merciful and a gracious god a love the torture and the torment and the hurt of his people the people that he loves the people that he cares for the people that he is so passionate about how can god a love such torture and torment of his people and without getting into all the technical or the theological aspects about this question, can I just address it like this? It is our choices, it is our decisions that brought this upon us. We were given a beautiful world to live in. We were given a free world to have authority and dominion over. And it is our choices, our decisions to sin and to be a slave to sin and to be a slave to the God of this world, to be a slave to the power of sin. Those choices that we made that now invited these demonic spirits and demonic realms to now have access into this world. You should understand that Unless there is a legal authority in the spirit kingdom, in the spirit world, unless there is a legal authority for these spiritual forces to enter into this world, they cannot come. And when these demonic principalities stand before the father and ask for permission to hurt the people on the earth because of their sin, because of the fact that these guys have subjected themselves to the principalities of the world, they have to be given permission. They have to be given the power and the authority. Now, as Christians, as believers, as children of God, our perspective should be in the right place. We should know that God is still in control and that the final authority, the final say The final decision, the final victory is in the hand of the Lord. So it doesn't matter if it is a deadly locust that is now acting like a scorpion. It doesn't matter if it is an earthquake or a flood or whatever kind of calamity that seems to befall you. As a child of God, you have authority over these situations because it is in the hand of the Lord. Those demonic principalities have been given the power by the Lord, have been given the authority by the Lord. Now, you and I, we've been legally given, granted even more authority, even more power than all the powers of the enemy. So, we don't have to fear anything anymore. May I request you to just see your enemies see your circumstances the way that god sees them with boldness clarity understanding authority and power that is now given to you because of your relationship with jesus because of the presence of the holy spirit that is residing in your body that is residing over your life let's go ahead Let's read the book of Revelation chapter 9 and verse 10. The Bible says that they had tails that stung like scorpions. And for five months, they had the power to torment people. So this is talking about the locusts that were looking like scorpions and that hurt like scorpions. And the Bible says that Even the power that was given to them was time-limited. It would expire in five months. It would expire after a season was over. The Bible says that even the power that was given, even the authority that was given, even the access that was given to the enemy was for a restricted time period, was for a restricted time season was for a restricted phase or plan to be fulfilled. So can I say this about you and me that are sometimes going through difficult challenges and seasons in life that your seasons are shifting. I like how our father says that when a word comes over your life, it has the power to shift your seasons. It has the power to change everything that is going on in your life. Let's say that you're in a season of turmoil, that you're in a season or in a time period where you're being attacked from every direction. But when the word of the Lord comes into your life, that word now has the ability to shift you into a different season. I am not going to tell you that everything is going to be okay and there is going to be no attack in your life and that there is going to be no problems i'm here to tell you that the attack is real the enemy is real there is going to be problems there is going to be challenges if you are going to serve the lord if you're going to live for jesus the enemy is going to be mad at you but the fact of the matter is that he cannot do anything unless the Lord gives him access and power and ability to invade into your life. The Bible says that even the torment that was given, the power to torment that was given, it was given for a particular season. It was given for a particular time frame. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 9 and verse 19, Their power was in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails had heads like snakes and the power to injure people. Their mouths and their tails. Their mouths and their tails. Their uh, ability to hurt people was in how they will speak, in what they will speak in the words that will come out of their mouth they will hurt people with their mouth and the bible says they will hurt them with their tail see we read about this earlier on how the tail it represents lies of the enemy that is from isaiah chapter 9 and verse 15 the bible is very clear on how the lying prophets Those that speak deceiving words in the church, in the house of God, in or among the people of God, they are the tail. And the Bible says that the face or the mouth and the tail, they worked in tandem to hurt the people on the earth on those days. So the power was not just in their tail, not just in the lies. But the words that were spoken, the mouth and the tail, they worked hand in hand. It in fact goes on to say that their tails had heads like snakes and had the power to injure people. All of it was given to them. The Lord gave them axes and the power to hurt and to injure people because of their stubbornness because of their rebellion because of their disobedience because they refused to acknowledge God Revelation chapter 13 and verse 2 the Bible says that the beast looked like a leopard but it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion and the dragon he gave the beast its own power and the throne and great authority. We've read these scriptures before during our study of Revelation, so we are not going to go into it in detail. But you understand the context. It says that the dragon or the serpent or the Satan, as we see in scriptures, the Satan who originally received his power and his authority and his abilities from God himself. Now he is delegating that power, he is giving that power, that authority and that throne to the guy who will now be known as the beast, the Antichrist. Just like the locust had to be given power from hell, the locust had to be inspired by demonic forces, here comes the beast, the Antichrist. He doesn't have any power of his own. He is not in charge. He is not the one who knows what to do and how to run the world. The Bible says there is a spirit, there is a dragon, there is a serpent. He originally got his power from God, and yet right now he is distorted, right now he is deceptive, right now he is delusional. And the Bible says that he is the one who gives power to the beast so that he can sit on the throne, so that he can be hurtful, so that he can bring forth the purposes of the dragon on the earth. Is the antichrist going to be powerful? Absolutely. Is he going to hurt people? Absolutely. But where is the source of his power? Where did he get his abilities? it can ultimately be traced back to god it was not his it was not his own it came from a particular source god is the one who gave it to lucifer and lucifer or the serpent or the dragon he is the one who gave it to the beast it is of course natural to ask this question why are we studying this why are we trying to understand the transfer of power. You should understand the whole book of Revelation, it is a battle of power. The power of God and the power of the Antichrist. The power of the people of God and the power of the people that oppose God. Many people, when they see the power of the Antichrist, they will be swept away. They will now bow down to that power. They will now begin worshipping that power and that ability. Let me read Revelation chapter 13 and verse 4. It says that they worshipped the dragon for giving the beast such power. And they also worshipped the beast saying who is as great as the beast. They exclaimed who is able to fight against him. So, you see what has happened here, it is that this power, the adoration of this power and the admiration of the person who received it and the person who gave it, it is now reached such a level that it has become worship. It is only a child of God who has a revelation of where this power comes from, who gave this power to the dragon in the first place? How long will the dragon be able to rule and reign? What all will he be able to do with his power? Only a child of God truly knows these details. And it is this child of God who will not fall prey to admiring this power and worshipping this power. Why are we discussing all of this? It is so that you know how to stand up straight when the enemy displays his glory. When the enemy displays all that he is capable of. When the enemy threatens you or tries to lure you in with his power. Child of God, you should remember that this power is not his in the first place. This came from God. And because it came from God, it has certain limitations placed around it. It has certain principles that bind it, that mark it, that hold it in control. And because it comes from God, you know that it is here for a particular season and for a particular purpose. You don't have to be mesmerized by it. You don't have to begin to panic when you see this power trying to hurt you you should understand that one reason why superheroes are such a big hit in our day and time is because they seemingly have this power that we don't have they are able to do things they are able to buy things they are able to drive and fight and do things in a way that we cannot fathom that we cannot imagine and that is exactly what the enemy wants to try and do to us they will show you money, they will show you resources, they will try to mesmerize you by the things of the world, by the beauty of this world. And they will tell you everything that power can get you. And it takes a man of God, a woman of God to ignore and to respond wisely and to resist every temptation to give in to admiring and worshipping and even sometimes submitting to this power. Because there is no power that is not coming ultimately from our Father, from our God. See, the enemy knows how to twist that power, how to use that power for his own benefit, how to use that power now to make sure that people are hurting, make sure that his plans, his schemes, his purposes to uh, cause a rebellion on the earth. It is activated, it is fulfilled. The enemy is gonna do all of that. Now you and I, the only way we don't fall prey to it is if we are filled with power ourselves. The one reason why superheroes don't admire other superheroes is because they've got their own power. They've got their own super abilities the reason why ordinary folks admire superheroes are because they don't have power of their own. Now that is the case about the children of God. They are not without power. Just like these demonic principalities have power and abilities. You and I, we've been given power. We've been given authority. We've been given Our ability to now exercise, control and have dominion over the world around us. We cannot now fall prey to admiring the power of the enemy. We cannot fall prey to admiring witchcraft or black magic. Children of God, let me tell you this. The enemy is not going to come and try to tell you that I am Satan, come worship me but he's gonna first show you everything that he has. That's what he did with Jesus. He showed him all the kingdoms of the earth. He showed him all of his glory and glamor, all of his victories, all of his greatness, all the fame that he's got, everything that he can offer Jesus. After he showed him all of that, he expected worship. If the enemy would come and tell us to worship him, no Christian in his right mind will bow down to him. And yet, where we fall prey to the enemy is that when he shows us the glory and the glamour of this world, what could be ours if we would make a compromise? What could be ours if we just bend a little bit here or there? What could be ours if we cut a few corners? What could be ours if we just keep quiet in certain seasons of life? What could be ours if we just, you know, go with the flow and just do what everybody else is doing? What could be ours if we just keep silent and not pray? The enemy is going to show us all of that. And a powerless Christian a christian that is unaware of the deposit of the presence and the power and the raw dunamish of god inside of them a christian that is unaware of the revelation of the holy spirit a christian that is devoid of the power of god will fall prey to the power or the demonstration of the power of the world so you and i we cannot be unaware We cannot be caught off guard. We cannot be caught or found ignorant. We have to read scriptures till we have a revelation of who we are, what we carry, what is possible when we are aligned to the purposes and the plan of God. We have to be in tandem with our spiritual leaders and our spiritual fathers. You should understand that the beast, The reason he has power is because he was in alignment with the dragon. The kingdom of the enemy knows alignment better than some Christians do. The Christians, the church of today, we think we don't need anybody else. We don't care about anybody else. We don't want anyone else. We can just be successful on our own. And that is a lie that the enemy has convinced us with wherever A house is divided against itself. It is doomed to failure. It is going to definitely be a disaster in that house. But a house that is aligned, a house that is united, a house that is submitted, a house that is willing to receive help from the sent ones, a house that is willing to submit to their leaders, to their Prophets to their fathers That house will stand the test of time That house will be able to receive and walk And manifest the raw power of God The Bible says in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 12 and 13 That the ten horns of the beast are the ten kings Who have not yet risen to power They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. Verse 13, they will all agree to give him the power and their authority. It says that all these leaders of the world, they will come in alignment to now give their power and their authority and their decision making capabilities, all of it into the hands of the beast can you imagine how the world functions can you imagine how much of submission and order and alignment there is in the kingdom of darkness church listen to me this is how the enemy is so clever he knows that if we will be fighting if we will be hurting each other, if we will not understand the protocols in the church, we will be devoid of power. When Jesus was casting out demons from a person, the Pharisees, they actually accused Jesus of casting out demons by Zabul, the prince of demons. And Jesus countered their belief system and said, is that even possible? A house that is divided against itself will fall. Jesus making multiple implications with that statement. One, that the house of darkness or the house of this dragon, it is not divided against itself. It is not going to cast out demons from others. Demons don't cast out other demons. There are Christians Who can sometimes in the name of Jesus cast out other demons even if they don't have a relationship with this Jesus. But demons or demonically possessed people, they will never cast out demons from somebody else. It is that they are functioning in tandem with each other. They are functioning in unity with each other. And the second thing is this. Jesus was saying this is how you bind the strong man. If you want to have victory, if you want to see demons submit to you, then you and I, we have to walk in unity, then we have to walk in alignment, then we have to walk in submission. That is why it says in Revelation chapter 17, verse 13, that all the leaders of the free world, they decided to give their authority and their power and their uh, resources and their willingness to serve and do all of that to the beast. Because they know that if we can come together, if we can be aligned, then this power will truly work. I hope that this comes as a warning sign and a call to wake up to some of us in the church that is divided against itself, that is fighting one another, that is constantly cribbing about each other, that is complaining about what the other person doesn't have or how we are better than someone else. I think it's high time that we stop it. I think it's high time that we, instead of looking at each other, we look up to our father, to our mother, to our leaders and be willing to submit to them. Be willing to give our authority, our power, everything that we now claim to be ours and, you know, we want to hold on to it. Just be willing to give it and say, please lead us. We give you access into our lives. We give you access to correct us. We give you access to, in fact, give us a feedback. We give you access to, guide us and lead us week after week, we are willing to be aligned to our foundation stone. We are willing to be aligned to our apostle, to our prophet, to our leaders, so that they can connect us all the way to the cornerstone. Paul said it like this. He said, why don't you submit to me or why don't you imitate me just like I imitate Christ? He says that when you imitate or when you surrender or when you submit to me, what you're doing is you're submitting to the force, to the power, to the person that I am submitted to, that I have yielded my life to. And he says, because you're submitted to me, you are technically submitted to Jesus himself. That is how alignment works. And it is high time that the church understands that power is possible power is practical that power is something we can tap into only when we are aligned otherwise we will definitely have power we will definitely have these superficial movements or superficial touches but if we want the raw dunamis of god we have to learn how to be in alignment with the ways and the principles, and the protocols, and the and the mind of God. You should understand, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down, He came down on all 120 people. And yet, not all 120 preached. It was only Peter who stood up and preached. All the others stood with him. The rest of the 11 disciples stood up with Peter. But they had the grace and the humility now to submit to the voice of peter and to say peter why don't you speak and we will stand with you we will pray with you we agree that the lord is going to use you to now bring freedom and solutions and answers and in these last days if we as a church if we would do the same rather than clinging or holding on to what we can do and what we want to do and what we are capable of doing rather than clinging on to all of these external things if we can just say lord have your way show me the man show me the woman show me my leaders that are placed above me so i can submit to them you know when we understand that the enemy has been given the power because he has met certain criterias. There is unity in the kingdom or in the family or in the household of the enemy. You should understand, in the Tower of Babel, when they were building the Tower of Babel, that was a representative of the modern day Babylon and the future one world government. That was the first time that there was a one world government that was established in the whole world. The Tower of Babel, it came through because of the unity of the people. In fact, God said that their unity is so powerful that nothing is going to be impossible with them. Nothing is going to be impractical for them. Nothing is going to stand in the way. And this unity was demonic. This unity had a motivation that is now going to hurt. The purposes and in the plan of God on the earth. And here comes the church. A church that is now unified by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. A church that is unified by the blood of Jesus. The church that is now one body submitted to one head. Baptized in one name. Filled with the one Holy Spirit. Calling the same person, the same one in heaven as their father. Called to that one glorious hope of future with Jesus in eternity in heaven. This church, how can this church be so divided? How can this church be so fragmented, so dispersed? Now, am I saying that we have to say yes to all kinds of doctrines and all kinds of behaviors and all kinds of things in the church in the name of unity? Absolutely not. There are definitely lines we need to draw. There are definitely boundaries that we need to place to protect ourselves, to protect our doctrine, to protect our people and our homes and our families. And yet, we have to learn how to identify the man or the woman that God is using among us and we have to learn how to submit to them. We have to learn how to allow them to now be used of God to take care of us, to fight for us, to let us also partake of that raw power of God. When we come to church and when we witness our man and woman of God being used by God, That is just a display, that is just a demonstration of what God can do through us from Monday to Saturday. Never should we come to church only to admire our man of God. No, we come for an impartation. No, we come to receive the seed of God's word. We come so that that flame, that tiny spark on the inside of us can now be fanned into flames flames that can take down entire forest that is why we come and from Monday to Saturday we are supposed to now reflect that same fire that same glory that same power in our workplaces we are expected to carry that anointing out into the world we are expected to now represent our spiritual father our heavenly father We are expected to show off the grace on the body of Christ in the world around us from Monday to Saturday. So when you come to church on a Sunday, when you tune in on zoom on a Sunday and when you're receiving a word, what is happening is that there is an impartation of power. There is an alignment that you are coming under and because of that alignment, there is an impartation of power. This power allows you to flee from sin. This power helps you to pray like never before. This power opens up scriptures to you. This power helps you to testify about Jesus. This power helps you to be a witness of who Jesus is. We know one of the last promises that was made by Jesus right before his ascension was Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He said, When you wait here in Jerusalem, in the right time, you will receive power. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. You will be filled with boldness and you will be filled with supernatural abilities. And what will you do with it? Most of us, we will be tempted to use this power for our own glory, for our own fame. But the Bible says, With that power, you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses, my witnesses. Jesus said, you have to be, you've got to be my witnesses here in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. You are going to be my witnesses. Church, this season, we have to depend on the power of God. If we depend on our own ability, we will never be able to reach the world. We cannot do what we are supposed to do, what we are expected to do, if we continue to depend on our own ability. But the more that we depend on the raw, dunamis power of God, the more we will see great exploits that can be done in the name of Jesus. Our father is demonstrating power week after week after week. A day when he's uh, releasing an impartation and even a day when he's just sitting down on a chair and releasing the word of God, there is power being released both the days. No matter how active or inactive it looks on the surface, the power of God is still at work, is still being released. And to the extent of our revelation of who he is, we will not only receive that power, we will now become representatives of that power in the world around us. May we have this attitude of alignment. May we have this attitude of receiving. May we have this attitude that submits to our father's voice and leadership every passing week. Let me finish with this one particular scripture that bothered me so much this week. This is 2nd Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5. The Bible says, In the last days there will be people who will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. The other translations would tell you, that they have the form of godliness, they have the figure, they have all that it takes to look like you are a godly person and yet they reject the power, yet they reject the accountability, yet they reject submission, yet they reject everything that God has made provision for in their life so that power can flow through their life. It says they reject it And because they reject it, they are not able to live godly. And Paul goes on to say that you should stay away from people like that. We may think that it's only when I live godly lives and that when I live holy and pure and righteous, only then God will use me. Only then I will have the power of God. Friend, it is the other way around. It is only when you depend on the power of God the raw dunamis power of God, only then can you be walking and living a godly life. See, the way that you and I, we interpret godliness, it's not the same way that God interprets godliness. You're not godly just because you wear a certain kind of clothes and that you don't go to a certain kind of movies and that you don't hang out with this certain kind of people. That doesn't make you godly. What makes you godly is that Now you represent God. That is not possible unless you have the power of God. See, all of us can have the form of godliness. You know, that's what Paul says, the form of godliness, the outward appearance of godliness. But we will remain empty inside if we do not have this power. If we do not say yes to the means of this power, to manifest and work in our lives. When I read this verse earlier this week, it hit me like a hammer that I can have godliness or the form of godliness on the outside. And yet I can live in a way, I can live a lifestyle that reject the people, the institution, the church that is supposed to bring the raw power of God into my life. I can just be self-satisfied. I can just live in my own bubble and thus hurt my own life, hurt my own ability to walk a godly and a holy life. A life that truly represents who Jesus is. A life that truly represents the grace upon our Father. A life that truly carries the mantle, the calling, the anointing of a child of God. A life that can now become a beacon, can now become a source, can now become a reflection of how the kingdom of God functions. Can that be our goal? Can that be something that the Lord can say about us? Can that be something that we can aim to achieve and walk in? Friends, this evening, we have to decide, we have to resolve that we are not going to reject this power of God, that we are not going to say no to everything that he has in store. He has given us authority. He has given us ability. He has given us power. But it is only when we submit to the right protocols, to the right people, that those power will fully manifest in us. See, to some some extent, it will actually look like we have the power. You know the story of how the sons of skava went to cast out demons the story says that in the initial days their ministry was a hit they did go from town to town casting out demons and it worked these guys became famous and one day they found a demon that had a higher order that understood protocol and the bible says that The demon replied to these sons of Skeva, saying, I know this Paul that you're talking about. I know this Jesus that you're talking about. But who are you? Where do you come from? Which family do you belong to? Where do you go to church? I don't see any connection, any alignment in your life. And because of that, you lack the power to hurt me in fact i am going to hurt you back that is how these sons of scava had to run out of that place hurt and bruised and without clothes my prayer is that none of us will be found naked in the spiritual realm that we will be clothed covered aligned rooted planted made sure that there is nothing in our life that is not accountable, that is not open and transparent and visible and moldable for our leaders and our fathers or our pastors. It is necessary, my dear friends, in this season that the church will not be a house that is divided against itself, but that the church will be a house that is firmly united as one body of Christ. We should understand that the author of power All kind of power is God himself. The enemy may try to act like he has all the power, but he doesn't. The enemy may do every witchcraft, black magic, all of these kind of things to take your attention, to get you to admire him, to give him time and to give him space and attention in your life. But don't be bothered by it. You are fighting from a higher realm from a higher dominion, from a higher perspective, you will have the last say. You will have the final authority. In this season, remain thankful. In this season, continue to fight the good fight. Do not delay your responses to the voice of God. Do not ignore those gentle nudges that the Holy Spirit would give you. Do not ignore those directions that The Lord will give you, sometimes even through your own pastors or leaders. Don't ignore them. Submit to them. Let the Lord be your shepherd. If you are ready, let's pray together. Abba Father, we yield to the power of your word. We know that your word is a double-edged sword. It is cutting me, my heart, as much as it is cutting the hearts and the minds of all those that are listening to me. And we yield to the power of this word. And we pray, Lord, that you are going to cause us to be men and women of undeniable power. May we never be found admiring the power of the enemy. May we be found so full of power that we will be the one taking authority, that we will be the one exercising dominion, that we will be the one that will eradicate that will cancel the plan and the work and the intentions of the enemy in our homes, in our churches, our cities and nations. Lord, we yield ourselves to you and to your plans and to your purposes because to you belong all the glory and the power and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I hope this word was encouraging to you. May the Lord continue to strengthen you this week. May the Lord continue to fill you with the power, not just the form of godliness, but with the power that enables you to live a godly life. Let's prepare our hearts and our minds for this Sunday morning and come prepared to receive a fresh portion from the presence of the Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Have a blessed and a beautiful night ahead or a blessed day ahead, depending on where you're tuning in from. God bless you and stay under the mighty hand of the Lord.